Thank you for joining us for another life-giving message from City Church Now in Progress. We just wrapped up a a sermon series called God on Film. And over the next several weeks, we will not be in a a particular series. Uh, I'll just be sharing messages as the Lord prompts me, as he directs me to share with you. And uh, the song the team shared this morning has been a song that's just been on my heart uh, for several weeks now. And it has just resonated with me and it has just ministered to me in so many different ways. And as I began to pray about what to share this morning, I felt like the Lord prompted me uh, to talk about foundations and, and really challenge us to begin to ask ourselves the question, uh, uh, not only what are you building, but what are you building on? Uh, I, I lived on the East Coast for a number of years, and those of you who know my story, I'm originally from Liberia, West Africa. My family was granted political asylum in 1993. Uh, we moved to the States, lived in New Jersey for a while, and, and uh, after a couple of years in Jersey, I joined the Army. But I lived in New Jersey, so that's East Coast, right? And, uh, and, and then my family moved to, to Columbus, Ohio, so that's sort of, uh, yeah, 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 Buckeyes in the house, Midwest, come on, somebody. Buckeyes did their thing yesterday and, uh, and moved to the Midwest. And one of the things that's noticeab- noticeably different uh, uh, with homes uh, on the East Coast uh, and homes in the Midwest, uh, when you compare them to homes in the South, is that y'all ain't got no basements in the South. You see, uh, on the East Coast and the Midwest and most parts of, the, of the America, most parts of the world, people don't only build up, they also build down. And you can fix up your basement, and you can make your basement your media room and your game room. And, but in Texas, you don't have that option. And the reason you don't have that option is because, huh? Is what? Yeah. It's because of the foundation. But what's the problem with the foundation? It's the ground. It's all that red clay, all that soft stuff. And because of that, you can't build down. Are you with me? Because ultimately, the foundation or what you build the foundation upon determines what you can build on the foundation. And, and, And so I know that there's always this temptation to build uh, successful lives and, and we focus on what we're building and most of what we focus on that we're building is stuff, stuff that's visible to everyone. But how many of you realize that the substructure is often more important than the superstructure? The substructure that people don't see determines the longevity of the structure they do see. Are y'all with me? And we focus on what people see, the facade of the house, the square footage, the backsplash, the window treatments, the right color of paint, and we don't take enough time to consider what we're building all of that on. And so most of us may be living in a house right now that all of a sudden, what's going on with this door? You try to shut the door and you've got to push it extra hard 
or when you open the door, it just kind of swings all the way open. That is an indication that your foundation has shifted. In fact, I had a friend who had all these cracks in his wall, and he called a, a guy, uh, and he tried to get the guy to, 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 to patch the holes or the cracks that he saw in his wall. And as soon as the guy walked in, he said, man, this is only going to be a cosmetic fix. The real problem is your foundation. These cracks in the wall that you see, these cracks in the wall of your life that you're experiencing have to do with something much deeper that you haven't even touched. That while you were going through your ordinary life and while you were fixing up this beautiful house, your foundation was shifting. And now there is evidence of this foundation that has moved, this foundation that has shifted because now the doors don't close like they're supposed to and there are cracks everywhere. And I feel, I believe that my assignment this morning is just to ask you to consider, to ask yourselves again, what am I building my life on? And is it a firm foundation? So there's this great story in the Gospel of Matthew, and it's sort of this exclamation point on what we often refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. Most people have erroneously said that it was Jesus' first public sermon, but that is untrue. Because if you rewind, if you do an electric slide, you do a moonwalk back to Matthew 4 you will find that Jesus began his earthly ministry in Matthew chapter 4. And Jesus went into Capernaum, and he went into Zebulun, and he began to declare the word. And the first message he preached to the people in those cities and in that region was repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And the scripture says, as Jesus began to preach this simple but profound message, they brought multitudes to him, and he didn't only preach to them, he didn't only teach them about the kingdom. The scripture says that he laid hands upon those who were tormented of the devil, who were sick and afflicted in their physical bodies. And because of that, there was a massive crowd that followed him. In fact, to the degree that even John the Baptist's followers started following him. I always like to joke that, that Jesus' earthly ministry started with a church split. So all these guys that once followed John the Baptist, they were even John's disciples, they start to follow Jesus. And Jesus looked over the multitudes and he said, I've got a problem. I've got to go up to a higher vantage point so that the people can both see and hear me. And beginning in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus begins to declare, he begins to teach what we now refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. I think it would be more appropriately referred to as the sermons on the mount. And that's why I don't have a problem with my three to four closings because Jesus was long-winded. Are y'all with me? So Jesus starts the Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes. I'm just going to do a quick overview of what Jesus taught in one sermon. This is just one sermon. He goes up on the mountain and, and, and notice, notice, notice. He talks about the Beatitudes, and then he shifts from the Beatitudes, and he begins to talk about uh, subjects like how we are supposed to be salt and light, 
that our witness matters, how we live matters, what we say matters. In fact, St. Francis of Assisi said it this way, your life speaks so loud I can't hear what you're saying. And someone else said it this way, preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. And Jesus began to teach the disciples in this one sermon about the attitudes we're supposed to have as Christ followers and, and that our attitudes are supposed to be different than the world's attitudes. How many of you realize, and we said this a couple of weeks ago, that, that, that an emotion-led life is a painful life? That your emotions exist for you to manage, not for them to lead you. Can I give you one reason why, out of the many reasons why you shouldn't trust your emotions? Because your emotions may be real, but they're not always reliable. Somebody needs to write that down and take it to the bank because your life is driven. It is led by your unreliable emotions. And you justify them. And Jesus begins to teach about being salt and light, and he begins to teach about attitudes, all in one sermon. Oh, 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 and then he goes and he starts to talk about how Christ is the fulfillment of the law, and he moves from that into marriage. He starts to talk about marriage, and he starts to talk about how, the, how these men would come and indiscriminately divorce their wives, and he said it wasn't because Moses endorsed divorce. He said the only reason God even allowed it is because of the hardness of your heart. You wouldn't change, and because of your unwillingness to change, it's better for y'all to go your separate ways than for two of y'all to suffer in silence. All of this is in one message. Because Jesus saw the multitudes and he took the opportunity to speak to them about their foundations. Because they were building their houses on the wrong foundations. Foundations that were shifting and they were wondering why there were cracks in the wall and why the doors wouldn't close. And Jesus was telling them, the problem isn't anything that you see visible. The root and the origin of the problem is something that nobody sees and nobody cares about. When was the last time you just stopped and adored your foundation? Yet it's the most important part of that structure. Uh-oh, and Jesus doesn't only stop there. Oh, check this out. He moves on, and he talks about going the second mile. And then he gives this awesome diatribe about loving your enemies. And then he goes from there uh, and talks about doing good to please God. And then he, all of this is in one sermon. And then he talks about fasting in chapter six, and he teaches them the model prayer, and he teaches them to store up treasures in heaven, and he teaches them that the lamp of the body is the eye, and he talks about how you can't serve both God and mammon and riches and God, and it, this is all in one sermon. And then in Matthew chapter six, beginning at verse 25, he talks about the futility of worry. He says, do not worry, because by worrying you cannot even add one cubit to your stature. And Jesus is talking to this multitude, and he's saying, your problem, Israel, is your busted foundations. You have built your life, but you've built it on the wrong things. And now you're seeing the cracks. And you're asking yourselves, how did I get here? I'm going somewhere with this. All of this is in one sermon. And he continues to chapter number seven. 
and he admonishes them not to judge because the same measure you use to judge others is the same measure with which you will be judged. He teaches about prayer. Ask and you shall receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened unto you. He goes on and he talks about the narrow way. How just because something might be popular doesn't make it right. And he says, wide is the road that leads to destruction. And he says, you're so fascinated and fixated on the crowd and what the crowd's doing because it's popular. And you have no idea that that road leads to death. He said, but narrow is the way that leads to life. And Jesus is teaching them about foundations. And then finally, he arrives at verse 24 of Matthew chapter 7. Because this becomes the bookend to everything that he has said in chapters 5, chapter 6, and the preceding verses in chapter 7. And we land at Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. And notice what Jesus said. He says, therefore, whoever, somebody say whoever. That means anybody. That is all inclusive. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it didn't fall, for it was founded, it was built, it was established on the rock. Jesus is looking at the multitudes and he's saying, for those of you who will hear my words today, I know there's a whole bunch of y'all out here, but this is for those who will hear and do. The old English word is heed. Heed means to hear and do. And he says, this is what your life will look like. I will liken you to somebody who's truly wise. If you hear my words, you're going to be like that guy who built his house on a rock and life did everything to discourage him life did everything to beat him down life did everything to disappoint him but because his foundation was firm and strong and secure and sure he's still standing now he says that's just half of it because he said there's a bunch of you here who are going to hear what I say and place no value on it. Let me tell you how I know you're gonna place no value on it because you're gonna ignore it and you're gonna build your house on sand. There are two kinds of people in the world. Those who hear the word of God and heed it. <laughs> those who hear the God and say, this is absolutely essential for my life. And those who say, it's optional. Yeah, yeah, I heard what you said about marriage, but I don't get down like that. Yeah, I heard what you said about going the extra mile, but that's for the birds. And he said, that man who ignores what I said, these are the words of Jesus, that man or that woman who ignores what I said is building a life on sand. They're building their lives on things that shift and wash away. Are y'all listening to me? Go ahead and build a house. 
But more important than the house you build is to ask yourself the question today, what am I building my house? What am I building my life on? And Jesus said, he's giving them this admonition. He's saying, none of what I just said to you matters if you're going to ignore it. And this is what your life will look like. Can I, can, I, can I just point out a few things that stood out from this? Both the wise builder and the foolish builder were exposed to the same information. The foolish builder wasn't a foolish builder because he didn't know better. He had all the information that he needed to make an informed decision, but chose to ignore it. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? That's why you can have two people in the same room hear the same thing and experience two different results. And that's why one person can have a house that's built on a rock and another person have a house that's built on sinking, shifting sand. Because we make God's word optional. And then we wonder why we got cracks in the wall. And why the door won't shut the way it's supposed to. Jesus taught three chapters in one sermon and it's like, that's optional. I could do it my way. Notice, they were exposed to the same information. Okay. But they had two different responses. Can I tell you something else? They were exposed, both the wise builder and the foolish builder were exposed to the same circumstances and conditions. Listen to me. Just because you did the wise thing doesn't mean that trouble won't come knocking at your door. I hope you all hear that. Being a Christ follower does not immunize you or exempt you from trouble. Notice, the wise man built his house on the rock. And it wasn't like, oh, I built my house on the rock, so trouble will never come knocking. The difference between the man who built his house on the rock and the man who built his house on the sand wasn't the information they heard, wasn't their circumstances. The difference was how they responded to what they heard. Because trouble came to the wise man's house and it also came to the foolish man's house. And we often wrestle with the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Simple answer is because we live in a broken, fallen world. And here's the second reason. You and I are surrounded by people who hear God's word and ignore it. Y'all missed that. The reason we have trouble in the world today is because we have people who hear the same information and choose to ignore it. That's why they do mean things to good people. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying today? And my question to you today, as we kick off these, you know, seven, eight days of prayer and fasting is what are you building your house on? What are you building your house on? Because I guarantee you, the storms will come. Inevitable. Because we live in a broken world. And there is a real, true adversary called Satan. Just in case you were wondering, 
for those of us who live in the West who don't believe in Satan, there is a very real adversary who despises the sons and daughters of God who comes for one reason and one reason only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And Jesus says the thing that will sustain you when the storms come is what you did before the storm came. Did y'all hear that? What you chose to do with the information you received before the storm will determine the outcomes you experience during and after the storm. So what are you building your life on? What are you building your life on? Is Christ your cornerstone? Or is it something just totally different? And, and I, I wish I had time to say what I want to say but that would take us way off topic. So I'm going to be good and let y'all go on time today. But in order to communicate what I have to communicate this morning, man, I did some extensive research. I even went out and bought one book to help me with my research. In order to communicate this spiritual principle that I want to drive home. And I just keep hearing the Lord say, tell them to build their life on the rock. It is the one thing that will sustain you. When the rain, the flood. Notice, notice, the, notice how it increases. Notice, first it's the rain and then it's floods. Have you ever been in a situation where it's like, man, life just keeps getting worse? We prayed this morning for those affected by Hurricane Dorian. In a minute, gone. Now, there are people, and we can talk about the physical damage, but there are people who may never fully emotionally recover from that storm. You know why? Because their lives weren't built on Christ. It was built on their possessions. And they can replace their homes, but because of their attachment to what they had that they lost, they will never recover. They will never recover psychologically or emotionally because they built their lives on stuff. And there are people in this room right now, your entire life revolves around stuff. Your entire life revolves around what people think of you. As fickle as they are, like you one day, don't like you the next. And your entire identity is built on what? Better be building our lives on something much more stable, much more certain than just the peripheral, external, cultural stuff. Love you one day, hate you the next. Same people, same people that Jesus preached to and there were multitudes following him. Same people. In three years, Jesus went from being a celebrity, to people saying, by whose authority do you do these things? Who gave you the right to say this, Jesus? And then the next week, this is in one week, they were screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, laying out palm branches. And seven days later, no, not even seven, five days later, y'all heard how I said that five? 
They were saying, crucify him. Same people. And you're building your life on what people say about you? Are you really serious? So, so I, I did some extensive research because I had to drive. I had to, I had to really, I had to really communicate this. And I said, Lord, you've got to help me. You've got to help me communicate this to City Church so they know the significance. And I started to do my research. I went online because you can believe everything that's on the internet. And I found some really good information that I wanted to share with you about how to build your life. Are y'all with me? This is, this is, you can take this in the bank. And, and so the, the more I researched, the more I studied, I just kept coming back to this trusted source of information on how to build. And so for the remainder of my message, I want to share with you, by the way, everything I shared with you up until this point was just the introduction to my message. The first time guests are wondering, is he serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Here's... No, uh, uh, I, I want to share this with you. Um, because this will help you learn how to build your life. Here it is. Life lessons from the three little pigs. Is what we're going to preach today. That's cute, isn't it? I hear the ladies, oh. Now, uh, as you know, uh, no story as old as the three little pigs has one version. So there are multiple versions of the story. So last night, y'all, I was reading through three little pigs about a dozen times. Yeah. Like this morning, all I could think about starting the fast was bacon. <laughs> Hickory smoke. Thick cut. But I can't have none of that. Let me focus here. Um, three little pigs. So, so, so I'm like, man, I read all these different versions, and I read one version uh, to Nia and Levi. I said, no, that didn't win the story, go, Dad. So I'm like, okay, let me go get a copy. So I ran out to Half Price Books. There was one right by my house, and I read this one. I was like, man, I don't like that one. And I was reading online, and I found one I really like. Because this version doesn't only tell you what happened, but it tells you what the pigs were thinking. Are y'all with me? This is going to be so good. Y'all ready? This is good. We're we going to learn these life lessons on how to build from the three little pigs. Y'all ready? Here we go. I'm just going to read to y'all. I need a stool to sit on and read to y'all. I need to change my shoes, put on some house shoes and a cardigan like Mr. Rogers. So here it goes. Once upon a time, there was an old mother pig with three little pigs. And uh, as she had not enough to keep them, she sent them out to seek their fortune. Now, all three pigs decided to build a house. And they set off to the brickworks to buy some bricks. Somebody say, same information. Mama put them out. He said, I don't fed y'all long enough. Y'all eating all this food out this fridge. I can't. Y'all grown. Get out my house today. That's what she told her three babies. Say y'all 18, 20, and 22. Out of my house today. I done had enough. 
Now, notice the first thing they decided to do, say, if we're going to seek our fortune, the first thing we got to do is build a house. Same information. Now, notice what they did. They said, said, notice what the story said. This is, the, this is one of the early versions. They all decided to go to the brickworks. So they said, if we're going to build a house, we're going to build it with bricks. Same information. Wise information that if you're going to build a house, you build it using bricks. But then something happened. Story continues. But soon the three little pigs came across a man carrying a bundle of straw. So the first little pig said to him, Now I want me to walk so far to the brickworks. I'd much rather do less work. And then spend the rest of my afternoon relaxing. Let me read that again just in case my pitch was too high. The first little pig said to himself, somebody say self-talk. They have the same information. We're going to build a house, build it with brick. But they see somebody with straw. And the first little pig starts reasoning in his own head. Do I really have to go through all the trouble of going to the brickworks to find some brick when I can build a house right now with straw? Listen, listen, listen. Now I won't need to walk so far to the brickworks. I'd much rather do less work and then spend the rest of my afternoon relaxing. Are y'all with me? So the first little pig said to the man carrying the straw, please man, give me that straw to build me a house. Notice what happened. The man did and the little pig quickly built a house. Notice, quickly built a house with it right where he was. Are y'all with me? Here's the first thing. Here's the first question or the first lesson we learned from the three little pigs. It's really a question I'm going to pose to you. Are you building your house on what is convenient. Are you building your house, the house of your life, on what is immediate? I can get it right now. I don't have to pay the price. Listen to me. There's some things in life that you should refuse to accept on discount. Y'all ain't listening to me this morning. Well, y'all listening to me over there. There are some things in life when it comes to the house you build that should never go on sale. And here's this little pig. He's like, I've got this information. I heard what Jesus said. This is how you build your life. But man, I don't want to go all the way to the brickworks. Let me just build my house right here, right now with straw so I can spend the rest of my life relaxing. And most people in life build their homes, build their lives on what is convenient. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 says it this way. It says, be instant in season and out of season. The literal Greek says it this way. Do it when it's convenient and when it's inconvenient. 
But most of us want to follow God and obey God when it's convenient. And the first little pig, even though he knew that the right material to use to build his life was brick, he opted for the convenience of the straw that was right in front of him. Can I say this? Just because it's convenient doesn't mean it is expedient. Man, that was tweetable. Just put at Pastor Ray Harmon, hashtag three little peas. Are y'all with me? And most of us are building our lives on what is convenient. Because it costs too much to build with brick. All right, <clears throat> let me fast forward. Uh, so he built his house right where he was. And guess what happened? Guess what happened? Remember what happened in the story that the storms of life came? Uh, uh, so, so, so it says, uh, um, uh, presently came along a wolf. And he knocked at the door and said, little pig, little pig, let me come in. Uh, to which the pig answered, no, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. So the wolf said, I got something for that. You ain't going to let me in, but I'm going to force my way in. And he said, okay, so this is what I'm going to do. You ain't going to open the door for me. I'm still going to come. <laughs> so he said, then I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house in, said the wolf. So he huffed and he puffed and he blew his house in. Alas, because the house had not been very well made. It fell down. And the wolf was able to eat the little pig up in an instant. Uh, I wish I had time to talk about that for a second. Listen, listen. Whether you survive the storm or not depends on how you build today. Okay. All right. Let me move on because there's so much I could say about that. There's so much I could say about that. There's so much I could say about that. But I'll move on. Uh, so meanwhile, the second and third pig were still on their way to the brickworks. Didn't even know what just happened to their brother. Didn't even know that their brother just got eaten up by a wolf. Right. That's exactly what I was saying. They're just going on about their business. Can I, can I just say this to you? Life will go on. That the people you started the journey with will go on. Without you, while you're building on the wrong foundation. One of the greatest discoveries I've made in my life is that not everybody in your circle is in your corner. They're for the good times, not necessarily for the bad. So make sure when you're building, don't build in a hurry and don't build only because it's convenient. Y'all ready for number two, number two, number two? Here we go, here we go. Uh, uh, it says, meanwhile, the second and third pig were still on their way to the brickworks 
when they passed a man with a bundle of sticks. And the second little pig said to himself, somebody say self-talk. They all had the same information. Look, if you go build a house, build with brick. But the second pig started talking to himself. Notice how they all talked to themselves and didn't consult anybody. For you isolationists in the room who only do what you want to do. First pig didn't ask nobody their opinion. Because maybe his brothers would have said, hey man, let's go to the brick house. For those of you who decide, who are, you are an island unto yourself and you do whatever you want to do. Now you built your convenient house that blew away in the wind. And now here's the second guy. So, so, so here's the second guy. Y'all with me? Here's the second guy. So this, they see this man with sticks and he says, oh, in his mind, because in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. You ain't talking to nobody. You're just making all your decisions in your head. And how many of you realize that in life you can be sincere, but be sincerely wrong? That you can talk to yourself long enough to convince yourself that what you're doing is right and you can be sincerely wrong? So second pig did like his brother, didn't talk to nobody. Did exactly what they wanted to do. Notice what he did. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? Yeah, here it is. Now I won't need to walk so far to the brickworks. Listen, listen to what he says. Sticks are stronger than straw. I think they'll do the job. But anyway, I'm tired now. I'd much rather do less work and then spend the rest of my afternoon relaxing. Can I tell you the second reason we build our house? First guy builds his house on convenience and the second guy builds his house, here it is, here it is, entirely on comparison. You only hear what I say. I know I'm supposed to build my house with brick. But baby brother built his with straw. At least mine is stick. And so I'm going to be happy with myself as long as I can one-up him. Even though I know building with brick is best for me, as long as I can one-up my brother, I'm good. Because stick is stronger than straw. And most of us are building our lives on comparison. They bought a $250,000 house. Mine is going to be 300000 Oh, yeah, they got a big house on the cul-de-sac. I'm going to make sure mine's on the golf course backing up to the creek. Or whatever y'all do. And people build their lives on comparison. That their whole sense of value and worth is based on what that person has that they don't have. That they spend their entire lives measuring their worth and value against what somebody else has. Uh, Newsflash, there will always always be somebody who got more money than you. Always. 
And if you're building your life on comparison, you will end up frustrated because you're measuring your life against what someone else has. Newsflash! There will always be somebody in life that you're doing better than, which will create pride. One scenario creates frustration. The other creates pride. And, 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 so, and so, like the first pig, the second pig, guess what he does? Uh, he builds his house. The wolf comes, says the same thing. He huffs and he puffs and he blows the house and he walks in, and he eats the pig. This is the part that my kids didn't like because they didn't read the version where the wolf ate the pig. They said somehow the other two pigs ran away into the third house and survived. No, this is the version I like. This one I like. Yeah. You like this one too? It's real. How are you going to run away from the wolf? You can't run away from the wolf. Pig can't get away from no wolf. That's what I said. That's why I like this one. They ate two of them. Are y'all with me? Listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12 uh, says it this way. Uh, I'm sorry, wrong verse. Is it 2 Corinthians 10, 12? Yeah, 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Can we put that on the screen real quick? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. And I'm going to let y'all go, I promise. I'm going to finish this up and let y'all go. Is this helping anybody yet? Okay, what am I building my life on? Second Corinthians chapter 10. Look, notice what Paul says. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. If you're one of those people given to comparison, you are unwise. And you will make unwise decisions that are based on your comparison with others. They built with stick, um, they built with straw, I'm going to build with stick. And your whole life just revolves around one-upmanship. And even though this second pig knew that he was supposed to build his house with brick, he chose instead to build his house on comparison. Are y'all with me? Okay. Uh, great 21st century philosopher said this. Too many people spend money they haven't earned to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't even like. Here he is, Will Smith. And that's the truth. That's where most people live. Overextending yourself to earn things you don't want to impress people. In fact, you don't even like them. Can I go a step further? Trying to impress people who don't even notice that you overextended yourself. And you know why they don't notice? It's because they don't care. And you steady building your life and your whole life on comparison. All right, I got to let y'all go. Um, see, the... The, the, the outcome, though, with comparison, man, again, it'll either breed pride, oh, I'm better than them, or it will breed frustration, but not just frustration, but jealousy and envy. Let me tell you about jealousy and envy. 
A jealousy, listen, listen. Jealousy is simply wanting what somebody else got. It's not always material. Man, I wish I had, I wish I had her man. What about the man you got? Well, he'd be clipping his fingernails and leaving the fingernail clippings on the. Man, I want to go there so bad. That's jealousy. Wanting what somebody else has. Envy, though, is on a whole other level because envy is wanting what someone else has and resenting them for it. That's what comparison will do. You're not only wanting what they got, but you hate them because they got it and you don't. That's what happens to people who build their lives on comparison. Uh, let me send you all home. There's a third person, and this is where I believe God wants us to live. Not building our lives on what is convenient, not building our lives on comparison, but actually building our lives on Christ. Notice what the, script, the story says. Finally, the third little pig reached the brickworks. Finally, finally, that means sometimes building your house on the rock is going to take a little bit longer than everybody else. Listen to me, listen to me. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you see the house that was built with straw, but you don't hang around long enough to see it blown down. And sometimes on our way down the road, we're like, man, I'm still walking. He already got a house. And then the second brother built his house with stick, but you saw the house go up, but you didn't stay, stay around long enough to see the house go down. And sometimes on the road to building our lives on Christ, it's like, man, serving Jesus, man. What's up with that? This dude built his straw house. This dude built his stick house. And I'm dreaming of building a brick house. When is that going to happen, Jesus? And that's where most of us falter and throw in the towel. And that's why I love that word in the story, finally, finally. It wasn't immediate. There are some things in life that are not immediate, but the promises of God are inevitable. They will surely come to pass. And you keep building your house on Christ, not on convenience, not on comparison. Let them build their houses ahead of you. It won't last. It's sinking sand. It's sinking sand. It's sinking sand. You keep honoring Jesus. And finally, you will get to the brickworks. Finally, you're going to get there. Finally, you're going to get there. Finally, you're going to get there. And so he sees this man with the bricks. He says, please give me some bricks to build my house. And the man kindly gave him the bricks. He built his house. Listen to what it says. Uh, he built his house with the bricks. Notice where he built. It says, a little way over. The other two brothers built right where they were. They didn't care whether they were building on sand or what kind of material they're building on. They just built something. Because when you build on convenience and comparison, you're always in a hurry. You're always in a hurry. But this brother had brick. But he didn't build where he was. He went a little way over. You know what that means to me? He looked for the right kind of conditions. He looked for the right kind of foundation. 
because he knew that it's not enough just to build with brick. I need to build on the rock. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? So he went a little way over and, 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 and uh, uh, where am I in the story? He went a little way over. Notice it says carefully and taking the time to do it well. That's how you build on the rock. So the wolf came. He did everything that he had did to the two brothers. Didn't work. That's why sometimes you say, man, after all you've been through, you're still standing? Y'all Yo, remember growing up, we had those toys where, 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 where if you hit the toy, uh, it, would, it, would, it would fall, but then it bounced back. It was like spring-loaded. And some of the ones that weren't spring-loaded were weighted on the bottom. Are you weighted on the bottom? Or when life comes, does it just knock you over with no recovery? The difference is what you're building on. And there's so much more I could say because I didn't get to the end of the story, but I got to let y'all go. But here it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9 through 15. It says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. And he says, according to the grace of God, is that on the screen? It is on the screen. Y'all just read along with me. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. The Lord's exhorting us today to build wisely, to be wise master builders, and it's by the grace of God. And another builds on it. Notice what he says, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can, can anyone lay than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the rock. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, straw, and, and wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear. That means whatever you build with will be tested. If you build it with gold, it will survive the fire. If you build it with hay, it'll be consumed in the fire. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work. Everybody in this house, your building is going to be inspected. And the question is, will what you've built with your life pass inspection? Because it will be inspected and tested with fire. If anyone's work, which he has built on, on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. This is not talking about heaven and hell. What it's talking about is reward. That you can go through your whole life just building stuff that doesn't even matter. And on the final day, when you stand before God, you will have nothing left. After everything you've done on earth has been tested with fire, there's no reward. Some people are just going to go into heaven butt naked. Sorry for the visual. <laughs> because what you built on earth was useless. You impressed a whole lot of people, but God didn't bless any of it. Last thing I'm going to say is here. This is the close. One and final close is simply this. Build your life on things that are eternal. 
The difficult part about building on things, building our lives on things that are eternal is that what is eternal is often invisible, but it is unchanging. Build your life on things that are eternal, invisible, and unchanging, not the things that are temporal, visible, and subject to change. And this is where we close with 2 Corinthians chapter 14, I mean chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. I'm just going to read that to you. And then I'm going to pray for you and we'll be dismissed. The band can come. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Notice, it says, therefore, we do not lose heart. You're like that third pig. I'm not going to lose heart. I'm not going to be discouraged. It says, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Notice verse 17. It says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Notice, the light affliction of building your life right of building your life correctly is only momentary. The struggle, the grind is only momentary. The grind of doing things right is just for a moment. But it is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. That means what you're going through now and choosing to do it God's way is making you weighty. It's making you a person of substance. Not some lightweight that just blown around and tossed to and fro. You're going through this momentary affliction, but you're getting heavier. There's a weight of glory that you're accumulating because you've chosen to be like that third pig. I'm going to do it the right way, and I will build my house. I will build my life on the rock. And then he closes. Uh, but the things which are not seen, I'm sorry. And verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. All this stuff, the people you try to impress, it's temporary. It has a shelf life and an expiration date. But the things we cannot see, the things we cannot see, living for an audience of one, the things we cannot see, are the only things that are eternal and they are the only things that will survive the storm. So Father, I ask you now that you would raise up people here at City Church. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more details about City Church and for other resources, visit us online at www.citychurchtv.com or contact us via email at info at If you are encouraged or inspired by today's message, we ask that you prayerfully consider partnering with us financially, either in a one-time gift or as a monthly partner. No gift is too small. We have three convenient ways for you to give. Via our website at citychurchtv.com backslash give. Via text, text citychurchtv and the amount that you would like to give to 77977. By mail, mail your check or money order to City Church Global Ministries, 8105 Razor Boulevard, Box 90, Plano, Texas, 75024. Once again, thank you for downloading today's message. We look forward to connecting with you soon.